The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. What began as a spy balloon has become a trial balloon, testing President Biden's strength and resolve. And unfortunately, the president failed that test. Uh, and that's dangerous for the American people. Uh, the president was paralyzed for an entire week by a balloon. Um, we should have shot this balloon down over the Aleutian Islands. We should never have allowed it to transit the entire continental United States. And I think there's a lot of open questions that the administration needs to answer to Congress on behalf of the American people about why they didn't. I think part of it is the president's reluctance to take any action that would be viewed as provocative or confrontational towards the Chinese communists. That's Senator uh, Tom Cotton. He uh, signed off on the omnibus bill, by the way. That's from uh, just a month or two ago. But he is, uh, he is strong on, uh, on defense, and he's calling out this administration. What a dreadful, another shameful foreign policy episode for the United States of America as this balloon from China, this spy balloon, it's just flying all across the country before Joe Biden does anything, before he acts at all. It just has free reign all across U.S. airspace. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining our audience, our growing audience. You can get to this live video stream on our website, thetrumpet.com. Just go to thetrumpet.com forward slash live. It's every weekday morning at 11 a.m. here in the Central Time Zone of the United States. That would be noon on the East Coast and, uh, of course, 9 a.m. over on the West Coast. We do have uh, viewers from all over the world, though, so you can make the adjustment as we've done in recent weeks, 7 p.m. Jerusalem time, for example. Make that adjustment, join our live audience, or uh, listen on demand. Watch the, the show on demand. You can have it downloaded to your device. And, of course, you can get to these podcasts on our website after the fact at thetrumpet.com. So as all of this drama was unfolding last week, I think the government finally came out and uh, admitted that there was this spy balloon over Montana. Uh, and this after just a, an ordinary citizen took pictures of it, got footage of it. As all of this was going on, the United States was uh, preparing. They were really hyping this, uh, this summit, I guess, with uh, Secretary Blinken and his Chinese counterpart. This was to start a new chapter in U.S.-Chinese relations. This is from Bloomberg last week. Before it was announced that this balloon was traveling across the United States, it says U.S. and China talk about better ties. Better ties. That's what uh, President Biden has been seeking. And, of course, we know from the laptop, Hunter's laptop, that they're all sellouts. They're beholden to China. So you can expect, you, you just knew how that this was going to play out, this episode from over the last week. You knew that the United States would be thoroughly and completely embarrassed, humiliated, in fact, on the world stage. The whole world is watching. Bloomberg said the U.S. keeps saying it wants to set a floor under the relationship with China. 
This is straight from Joe Obama. Yeah, we want to set a floor under our relationship. Just make everything better. Smooth it over. It says two months after Joe Biden met with Xi Jinping in Bali with a promise to arrest a slide in ties, promising all good things. And then this happens. China, China just flexes its muscle, its military might, and says, hey, we're going to spy on you, and, and you're not going to do anything. Or when we finally did, it was after the fact. And, and then to blow it up instead of getting it and seeing what's on it and, and seeing what the machine was actually doing. They just blow it up. I guess the story's evolving every second, it seems. So I'll be interested to see who gets the debris. Hopefully we're recovering this. Right off the coast of the United States, it says, this is the most consequential, going back to these meetings that they had, they had planned, this is the most consequential bilateral relationship in the world, said John Kirby. The most consequential bilateral relationship. There's your spokesperson from the Pentagon. Yeah. This is, this is great, says he said the two sides would look for modest gains, such as expanded contacts over climate change and between their militaries. How about that? Let's, uh, let's help each other out militarily. And then only after it was known and the Biden people wanted to cover this up because they wanted this to go forward. And only after they were completely humiliated by this did they cancel the meeting, these, these bilateral talks or conversations? As I say, it was a, an ordinary citizen who recorded the, the, uh, the balloon. I think it was on Wednesday of last week. And uh, then it made the rounds on social media. Then U.S. officials finally disclosed the next day, that would be Thursday of last week, that there had in fact been a balloon flying through Alaska's airspace, then Canada, then on down through Idaho and Montana. It was working its way right across the, the great Midwest. And of course, there's all these, these major U.S. Air Force bases and the like all along the way. And then they finally... Uh, what, they canceled the meeting on, on Friday, and then finally it, it, uh, it shot down on Saturday afternoon. Here's uh, Tom Cotton again from one of the Sunday shows, clip eight. I do believe the administration wanted to salvage the Secretary of State's trip on Friday night, and they got through Thursday afternoon. Thankfully, civilians in Montana and the Billings Gazette identified this balloon and blew the whistle on it, and finally the administration fessed up to the American people. It took another 12 hours for the Secretary of State canceled what was already an ill-advised trip. So I think there's a lot of answers for the administration to provide the American people. It's really just stunning to watch this. I mean, you had Afghanistan a year and a half ago. All the Marines that were slaughtered in that attack as we just turned and ran, basically. Got out of there as fast as we could. And then now you have this. And you know what's on the laptop. And you know about all the money that's been funneled into the big guy's family. Joe Biden, the Biden crime family. Just pulling in millions and millions. And we wonder what the classified documents have on them. Well, just look at this episode from the past week. Look at the favor that the, the communist Chinese receive from this administration. This is uh, from Victor Davis Hanson. I think this was from Saturday night, clip three. 
This administration could have taken this thing down as it approached the Pacific or over the Aleutians in our, in our airspace or, or water space, but they didn't do it. And I don't think they would have, and I think you're right, unless somebody had saw it. And then the, the explanations kept changing. They said, well, it's just a weather balloon. It's not, not very sophisticated. They can find it by spies. And then people pointed out, well, you know, it has that capacity of two buses, so they must be experimenting with a big payload, and it could have weapon significance. And maybe this slow-moving balloon can take more accurate pictures. And, and then they changed and said, well, we wanted to protect people, and we were afraid of the debris. And, you know, Montana's a pretty empty place. And so I think public pressure finally forced the administration to do that, but if we if we had done anything like that in China, we would be on the brink of a war in their way of thinking. If Donald Trump in in 2017 had allowed Putin to take a balloon to go over the United States like that, he would have been impeached you right. know, a third time. Quite a few commentators have made this point that, that what if it was a Russian balloon? How quickly the administration would have responded? As it is, the Chinese. I mean, it's different with China. We have the bilateral talks coming up. We want to establish a footing underneath this relationship. Give us something to really build on. They're all sellouts, aren't they? They're all compromised. And, and it starts at the very top. It's with Obama and Joe Biden in the White House. This is what uh, Biden came out and said Saturday afternoon after the military finally, finally shot it down, this balloon off the coast of South Carolina, clip one. Briefed on the balloon. Order the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down and I want to compliment our aviators who did it and we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. So there's your fake president saying that he ordered it to be taken down as soon as possible last Wednesday. And then the Pentagon, I guess, just disregarded that or said, well, we'll do it when we, you know, when, it, when it's safe. So they waited until Saturday, four days later. And what he doesn't say there is it first came into U.S. airspace la the, the previous weekend, the previous Saturday, when it went through Alaska. So, and they had been, the Pentagon had been tracking this even before that. How, how much earlier did this begin? And then there are those that said, and you'll get a clip here from Clapper in just a second, that say it just kind of drifted off course. Look at the, look at the course on a map. How it went straight up the Pacific into Alaska. Notice it didn't drift into Russian airspace. So it goes straight to Alaska, then down through Canada. Canada, I guess, had no idea what was going on. And then it finds its way into Idaho and, uh, and Montana. And Wednesday, he says, it's got to come down right away. And then it didn't happen until Saturday. As Joe Biden faces the fallout of this poor handling of the Chinese spy balloon, the effort to rewrite history is already underway. So they're out there, like Victor Davis Hanson says, that's from PJ Media. But they're out there, and they're changing the story already. And, and, and of course, you know, you just know going into something like this that somehow or another, the bad orange man has to make an appearance. He has to be inserted into the history as it's being revised. Happened all the time during Trump's years. No, it didn't. But that's what they say. Anonymous sources say so. Happened all the time. Victor Davis Hanson says, says that Donald Trump was impeached for a phone call. 
He made a phone call to Zelensky and got impeached for it. And this happens? And nothing. They come out and they actually congratulate themselves. Look at what we've done. Look at how great the leader. Biden must be a, a he's, he's of the mold of Churchillian. He's got Churchillian type leadership. He protected Americans. He took it out from the sky. It's, it's really pretty, pretty laughable to watch it. PJ Media says the other problem with this story is that we know the Pentagon had been monitoring the balloon since it left China. And it had previous opportunities to shoot it down while it was over U.S. territorial waters when it crossed over the Aleutian Islands. The Biden administration most certainly knew what it was and where it might go. And the opportunity to shoot it down safely over the water was not taken. But then you see Biden there in the clip from Saturday saying, yeah, I ordered it to be taken down Wednesday. Wednesday of last week, when they were in the midst of finalizing all of these plans, these bilateral talks to, to really improve and to strengthen that relationship with China. You look at what China is doing to the United States. The, 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 the flu, the Wuhan flu, they made that. It came out of the Wuhan lab. They're attacking this country in more ways than one. And of course, the infiltrators are here at home as well. America Under Attack. That's our book that we advertise more than any other. The 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Several of the Trump administration's top national security officials said that they were never made aware of any ongoing or previous balloon breaches. So yeah, happened all through the Trump years, happens now. It's just completely normal. It's like these people dying suddenly. It's just the new normal. Happens all the time, right? I've got another update on that, by the way. The died suddenly epidemic. It's happening all over the place. Kids at school just collapsing because of this vaccine. It says here, the Biden administration officials declined to elaborate on how the breaches were uh, subsequently detected, citing the need to protect intelligence met methods. So there we go with that excuse again. Can't get into the details, but suffice it to say, uh, Trump did it too. This is from CNN, and of course you can trust them. It says, Chinese spy balloons under Trump not discovered until after Biden took office. Trump kept it secret. Trump never told the public. I mean, in so, in so many ways, what Trump did is even worse. And they have no evidence. They just spew this thing out as a matter of routine. Here's the, the former DNI, James Clapper. He worked for Obama. Listen to his theory about this balloon that just, that just I guess, drifted across the United States over the course of uh, seven to ten days. Clip six. I'm kind of inclined to believe the Chinese that this thing uh, this errant. It wandered off uh, course. Uh, I think they haven't been entirely forthcoming with what's, uh, what's on it in the way of a sensor suite. Uh, the, the Chinese, as others have pointed out, have a very capable overhead reconnaissance satellite system that can give them all the intelligence they need. And uh, having had some personal experience with using balloons for intelligence collection, they're not real efficient. And so what's the big deal? I mean, it just wandered off course and their satellites get all the same imagery anyway. The big deal of it is that it humiliates the United States of America. It's a statement to the world that we can do whatever we want when it comes to spying on the United States. We can attack the United States. 
we can encroach upon their airspace and nothing will happen. Only after pretty relentless pressure coming from critics did they finally do something on Saturday. And reluctantly, they canceled that, that bilateral meeting between Blinken and his counterpart. But what a shame. What an embarrassment. How humiliating. And, and it shows, doesn't it? I think Lee Smith tweeted as much. It shows that the ruling class in the United States today is 100% beholden to the CCP. Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he basically said as much just a couple years ago. Listen to this testimony or this exchange. I forget who the, the senator is, but this is clip two. Did you or did you not ask, tell him that if we were going to attack, you would let him know? As part of that conversation, I said, General Lee, there's not going to be a war. There's not going to be an attack between great powers. And if there was, the tensions would build up. There'd be calls going back and forth from all kinds of senior officials. I said, hell, General Lee, I'll probably give you a call, but we're not going to attack you. Trust me, we're not going to attack you. These are two great powers, and I am doing my best to transmit the president's intent, President yeah. Trump's intent, to ensure that the American people are protected from an incident that could escalate. I understand your intent, but I think you articulating that, that you would tell him, you would give him a call, I think is worthy of your resignation. Yeah, but he didn't resign. He didn't resign, this woke general, with all these medals. Boy, I mean, how many, what do they get medals for? Somebody showed a picture of him compared to Dwight Eisenhower, who just had a few. You know, the president, remember him from World War II days? He just had a few medals on his jacket. Millie, I mean, it practically covers up the, the whole quarter of the jacket. He's that impressive. He's that important. And there he is admitting under testimony that if Trump started a war with China, he'd call China and tip them off. He admitted it. He admits it to the world. And the world doesn't even hardly bat an eye. Now, here's this. I wonder what kind of phone calls he had with his Chinese counterpart over the weekend as to when they could possibly shoot this down. As to how they could possibly uh, diffuse this situation. And the United States gets out of it, what, with its tail between its legs? What an embarrassment. How humiliating for the United States. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 37 says, And you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whether the Eternal shall lead you. We'll become a byword, it says. That means a, a taunt or just a, a joke. One big joke. Leviticus 26 and verse 19, it says, And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. Another shameful, shameful foreign policy chapter in this administration, an illegitimate one at that, but this administration that's been in there for just two years. Just two years. They steal the election and then look at, look at the damage that they continue to cause. Look at the fundamental transformation as it continues to unfold. Someone else sent out a tweet. Again, you don't know the reliability of all of these, but they said they're not going to shoot that balloon down until Obama says so. Obama is calling the shots. You think about the various attacks, as I say, whether it's the, the Wuhan flu or COVID-19, the attacks on our technology, theft, that sort of thing. 
Now this, just openly, blatantly spying. And then what about the fentanyl? So much of it coming in because of China. The fentanyl, the drug, the drug epidemic that's killing over 100,000 Americans every year now. Last count for 2021, 107,000. This is uh, Representative Wesley Hunt. He's from Texas talking about the invasion at the southern border and all the drugs that are just pouring into the United States. Clip 10. I think we've heard a lot of talk today uh, about the five million people, illegal people that have, that have entered this country. And that's a fact. There's just absolutely no getting around that. Five million people have entered our country illegally. That's the equivalent to seven congressional districts. Enough fentanyl has poured into our country to kill every American five times. Um, Sir, your son is one of those Americans. This is a fact. I'm from Houston, and we're also known as being the human trafficking capital of the entire world. That's not anything I am proud of. This is all happening at our southern border as we live and breathe every single day. Uh, But you did say that there's no invasion here. And uh, I'm somebody that likes to look at the definition of things before we actually can have this conversation. And According to Oxford, the definition of an invasion is an incursion by a number, by a large number of people or things into a place or sphere of activity. And I would say five million people constitutes a large number or things. And I would say enough fentanyl to pour to our country to kill every American five times is, is a thing. I would consider that to be the direct definition of the word invasion. My colleague, Mr. Gooden, talked about race and using the word racism and racist. And, and I've been black for a long time, sir, so I, I get it. And, I, and I've been a minority in this country for a very long time. Um, but this is actually not about race. This is actually an issue of public safety. And if I call this, if I call this an invasion, sir, I'm not racist. I can assure you I'm not racist. What I can assure you is that I want to make sure that fentanyl doesn't indiscriminately kill any race, religion, color, or creed. Because fentanyl doesn't care where you're from. That's testimony from last week. This is uh, the, DA, the DEA intelligence report from January of 2020 from the executive summary. It says, while Mexico and China are the primary source countries for fentanyl, and fentanyl-related substances traffic directly into the United States. India is emerging as a source for finished fentanyl powder and fentanyl precursor chemicals. So Mexico and China primarily, they're killing Americans. They're attacking Americans in more ways than one. And yet cover up the balloon story, send Secretary Blinken over to China, and let's, let's really have a positive, productive relationship where maybe we can even share some technology militarily. That's what Joe Biden hopes to establish. This, like Con- Tom Cotton says, this was an ill-advised trip for Blinken before we knew about the balloon. And then they tried to cover that up to continue with that so that it wouldn't disrupt that, 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 that summit. Fentanyl coming from China. Surprise, surprise. And what is it doing? This is from the Daily Mail. You've got to go to the Daily Mail to really get some of the, some of the, the best facts and coverage 
on the fentanyl crisis because, you know, for most talking heads in the media on this side of the pond, they don't care. It, it doesn't bother them. It says here, the numbers are horrifying, but drug overdose death statistics can't fully convey the crisis ravaging America. The Daily Mail has documented the suffering in some of the worst affected communities. There were 107, 622 deaths, 107,000, I should say, deaths from drug overdoses in the U.S. in 2021, an increase of nearly 15% from the year prior. I mean, it's just been going up and up and up, especially since the COVID attack. That came from Wuhan. That came from the CCP as well, with, with probably a, quite a lot of help from Fauci and friends, but we'll leave that aside. It says here, just two milligrams of fentanyl, the amount that fits on the top of a pencil tip, is deadly despite successful nationwide stings to bust dealers. Authorities admit there's no end in sight for the epidemic. It's like this representative from Houston said, there's enough coming into the country to kill Americans five times over. And a lot of it's coming from the CCP. China! It says here, the animal sedative xylazine, known as Trank, is now exacerbating the crisis. It's often combined with fentanyl, and its horrific effects cause visceral flesh-eating abscesses and addicts to zonk out as though they lose feeling in their muscles. It's happening on the streets of America. It says, these harrowing pictures lay bare the devastation across the country as zombied fentanyl and Trank... Trank users collapse on needle-littered streets stretching from Washington to Massachusetts, Louisiana to Philadelphia. This is describing a sickness that is prophesied in your Bible. Isaiah chapter 1 says it goes from head to toe. It's sick in the head. You see it with the elites. You see how beholden they are to China, even as China gets away with murder. Sickness through and through. Last night we had the Grammys, which probably no one watched. But still, you see the clips of this, this worshiping of Satan. You see the clips making the round on Twitter. Again, the sickness. This is from the Daily Mail. It says, after Smith, forget the guy's name. He's a transvestite, I believe. After Smith, this singer, who's, who's non-binary and uses gender-neutral pronouns, was seen wearing satanic headgear in the, the horror movie-inspired performance. Viewers flocked to social media to share their frustration. Well, some did, I suppose, but you listen to the crowd at the Grammys, and they loved it. They loved it. I mean, Smith himself said, hey, we've got something really special for tonight, his Satan-worshipping song he was talking about. And CBS, 1.2 million followers. CBS said, you sure do. You can say that again. We're ready to worship. What is happening? It's kind of like Sam reminded me of the Philadelphia speech from Joe Biden back in October or whenever it was. You know, the blood red background and angry Biden talking about the MAGA people that we've got to attack and go after. As I said back at that time, I mean... Satan, he's, he's throwing off the, the camouflage, the mask. He's, he's taking opportunities. He still comes as an angel of light when it's, you know, when it's necessary for him to do so. But more and more, you see him fully revealing his, his wrath, his hatred. He wants to blot out America. He wants to blot out Israel. 
people. I mean, as, as we were discussing our, our team earlier this morning, I mean, God's church used to be seen as sort of the, the kooky group that talked about Satan as the God of this world. Really? I mean, are you saying that the God of this world, that people, people are actually worshiping, that it's the devil? Well, look at the Grammys last night. This was the tail end of, and I tried to limit it to as few seconds as possible. It's the tail end of this crazy man's performance. And notice what it's followed up by right at the end as they segue into a commercial break. This is clip nine. Well, surprise, surprise, the devil worship, the devil worshiping performance brought to you by Pfizer. Pfizer really is. They're here to help cure you of sickness, aren't they? Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. You, You see why no one stands up to Pfizer. You've got to get an undercover camera going just to expose these people for what they are. And even then, as I said last week, the talking heads, they still try to ignore it. They, 30 million view, views, doesn't matter. One story after another story after another story of young people collapsing, suffering from heart attacks, blood clots, strokes, just dropping dead. You know, happens all the time. CBS 11 News, I forget the city. Football injury likely tied to the death of Air Force Academy cadet, according to autopsy report. It says here, an autopsy report for an Air Force cadet states 21-year-old Hunter Brown likely passed away from pulmonary thrombolism due to deep vein thrombosis, likely tied to an injury sustained during football practice. It's always the football practice. He probably took a pretty big hit to the, the chest, just like they said about Hamlin. And we can blame it on that, right? Now these, these sudden events, the sudden trauma, the sudden pressure to hearts, now you're just seeing more and more examples of this in the sports world, right? Happens all the time. 21-year-old cadet collapses and dies. Steve Kirsch, he had a substack. I think I might have mentioned this to you last week. He wrote last week, you can prove that the COVID vaccines are killing people of all ages and should immediately be stopped. You can prove it. If you have eyes to see, if you open your eyes, if you examine the evidence, you can prove it. Newsweek says it's time for the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID and it cost lives. It cost lives. Says here in this article, I was wrong. We in the scientific community were wrong and it cost lives. We, what we did not properly appreciate is that preferences determine how scientific expertise is used and that our preferences might be indeed our preferences were very different from many of the people that we serve. We created policy based on our preferences, then justified it using data. Here's, here's one of the few honest journalists left to say, you know, we got it wrong. It says here, I noticed Ben Shapiro, by the way, who was so pro-vaccine, he called you a dope if you didn't get the vaccine. And he was saying over the weekend, I don't know if it was from the weekend, but there were clips nonetheless of him saying, well, we were lied to. This agency lied to us. This person lied to us. Well, there were a few voices out there saying we were being lied to. 
But most people were like him early on. Just go along. Just go along with the mob. If the mob says get the vaccine, then go along. I mean, if the mob cheers for a, a, a satanic song, cheer along. Just go along. It says, we created policy based on our preferences, then justified it using data. And then we portrayed those opposing our efforts as misguided, ignorant, selfish, and evil. See, they coerced some into getting the jab. And they said that those who didn't go along with them, they were ignorant, they were misguided, they were selfish, they were evil. We heard some of that, didn't we? Over the last couple of years. One last story, I'll just go through this briefly. Sundance has a, an analysis on this um, at his website, Conservative Treehouse. It's regarding FTX, you know, the, the bankrupted billionaire who was running, running that cryptocurrency uh, Ponzi scheme. They're now trying to seek uh, some of the donations back that were given to, uh, to politicians. And in the course of this, I don't know if this is being carried out in court or what, but in the course of this, you're seeing a lot of names from both sides of the aisle that were happy to take money from Bankman Freed. That's right. Good Democrats, good Republicans. It reveals like is revealed in this latest Trumpet magazine. It reveals the uniparty, doesn't it? This is the March edition. Again, if you don't have a subscription to this, the cost is free. There's no cost, no obligation. The phone number is 1-866-930-3024. It says Bankman Freed primarily uh, backed Democrats and was the party's second largest donor last cycle with uh, around $37 million in contributions. It says Salome's $19 million to Republicans made him the party's 10th largest donor. The big picture, FTX debtors are confidentially contacting political figures, political action funds, and other recipients of contributions or other payments. And you look at some of those that were on the take by this fraudster. You've got uh, Mike McCarthy, Tim Scott, Rand Paul, Dan Crenshaw, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, Marco Rubio, some well-known Republicans in addition to all of these Democrats, this article in the latest Trumpet, it's exposing the uniparty. And we write, perhaps the biggest political takeaway from the past seven years is that the real battle in America is not Democrats versus Republicans. These are basically two parts of the same big government uniparty. The real battle is the uniparty versus Donald Trump. It says, rather, the strategy was to throw the election as a means of destroying Trump. Talks about Senate Minority Leader at the time, Mitch McConnell. Trump wasn't even on the ballot last November, but he was the only big-name Republican campaigning. You didn't see McConnell or Glenn Youngkin holding rallies. Uh, they were content to kick back and let Trump do all the work in hopes that they could blame him for losses they did nothing to prevent. And we've told you about how the funding for certain MAGA candidates was withheld and then given to others like Murkowski, the never-Trumper types. Again, this is in the latest issue of the Trumpet magazine. It says here, finally, the evidence is overwhelming that both Democrats and establishment Republicans are trying to prevent Donald Trump from ever holding public office again. They do not care what the American people want or say because they believe their will is law. They don't care what the majority say. They don't care. Just, just follow their will. And they're all in it together. There's a few little differences here and there. But for the most part, 
the Uniparty is being exposed. They would rather throw their support behind Joe Obama, Barack Obama, and, and the illegitimate president, Joe Biden, than to ever, than to ever align their thinking with Donald John Trump. They just can't do it. Just can't do it. Listen to this, by the way. This is from Joe Biden, I believe, on Friday when he was asked about the uh, skyrocketing inflation from the past two years. Clip four. Do you take any blame for inflation, Mr. President? Do I take any blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising. We weren't manufacturing anything here. We were in real economic difficulty. That's why I don't. And so you see why his handlers lie the way that they do because he's the one leading the way with the lies. I think inflation was something like 1.4% when he took office. And now it's pushing 8, 9, 10% just in two years, less than two years. We heard all about it last summer. That was a, a barely a year into his administration. And he gets out there and talks about it's Trump. Trump, I inherited all these problems from Trump. He's the, there were balloons during Trump's years. This is their, their knee-jerk reaction for just about every, every report on the problems the United States is facing. Listen to Pete Buttigieg. He's the transportation secretary, and he's talking about all the wonderful accomplish, accomplishments uh, from this administration. Clip five. Uh, I will say that there have been so many accomplishments under this administration. It can be difficult to list them in a distilled way. Right. <laughs> it's difficult to list them off. There's just so many they keep on lying. They keep on lying, just like the father of lies. Just like the father of lies, there's no truth in him. That's John 8 and verse 44. Look it up and then compare that verse, by the way, with Revelation 12 and verse 9, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, verses that, that most of you I know are very familiar with. But read them. Read what it says about this world. Read, read what it says in Ephesians 1 and verse 4 about the present evil world. How, how else do you explain everything that's happening unless you understand the truth about the devil, the truth about the real spirit world? Mystery of the ages, by the way. He's got an entire chapter. Mystery of angels and evil spirits. That's, uh, that's chapter, I believe, chapter 2 of this book. Mr. Armstrong's final book, his, his, his greatest work coming out from his 50-year ministry, 50-plus years. This was uh, written in 1985, distributed in 1985, and uh, it certainly is just as important today, more so than it was even back then. You see the number there on the bottom of your screen. Call our operators and request your free copy of Mystery of the Ages today. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. The Trumpet Daily. One may blind his eyes to existing facts and trends and say the world cannot get any worse than it already is. Or, if we just ignore the conditions and don't worry, perhaps they'll go away. But these conditions and trends won't just go away. Not unless they are caused to go away. The scriptures of the Holy Bible, the inspired revelation of the Supreme God, have foretold today's world conditions and trends, and give us the advanced news of coming peace on earth, of universal prosperity, of happiness and joy, of veritable utopia. 
This is the good news of the world tomorrow, and it is absolutely sure. This coming world is vividly described in our booklet, The Wonderful World Tomorrow, what it will be like. Bible prophecy explains in detail how God will intervene to save mankind from destroying himself. Jesus Christ will return to earth, putting an end to the rule of man and restore God's government on earth. To learn much more about this prophesied utopia, please visit thetrumpet.com. Trumpet Daily. Last week in one of our Bible study segments, we uh, referred you to this this passage in the Incredible Human Potential, where Mr. Armstrong is talking about the way of a Christian, how that it's a constant battle, how that we have to get up each day and wage war, spiritually speaking. We're going to stumble from time to time, but that we've got to get up like a little a little toddler learning to walk. We've got to get up and keep trying to go in the direction of Jesus Christ, to follow in his steps, always. It says here in this same article, it is the way, speaking of the way of a Christian, it's the way of a constant battle, a striving against sin, a seeking God in earnest prayer for help and spiritual power to overcome, it says, and if they are diligent, they are constantly gaining ground. They are constantly growing in God's knowledge from the Bible. They're constantly rooting out wrong habits, driving themselves into right habits. They're constantly growing closer to God through Bible study and prayer. They're constantly growing in character toward perfection, even though not yet perfect. And so it is a process, for sure, a process of overcoming and growing. But we are drawing near to the return of Christ. And, uh, you know, Revelation 12 and verse 12 points out that Satan is, is well aware of the fact that his time is short. And so we should be aware of that, that, that urgency as well. This is brought out in the Last Hour book, another book we offer uh, without cost or obligation if you want to call our operators and request your free copy. But in Romans 12 and verse 1, we went through this recently in Epistles, the Epistles of Paul class. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We have a part in this. I mean, we've got to present our bodies as a sacrifice. We've got to be willing servants or servants with willing hearts yielded to the government of God, willing to follow God's lead, willing to receive correction, guidance, direction. Verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here's a, here's a fundamental transformation that's, uh, actually, that's actually a good one. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't just go along with this world. Look at the course this world is on. Look at this crazy and sick performance at the Grammys last night. What would the Founding Fathers think of that? If George Washington were able to see that, or John Adams or Thomas Jefferson, these people, these transvestites, dressed in in these satanic, demonic uh, outfits, with all the flames and the blood-red look of the stage, singing about unholy topics, and proudly so, 
What would they think? Even the founders of the United States, to say nothing of Herbert Armstrong or a servant of God that that actually understood and knew the truth about God's purpose being worked out here below. We are so far removed from God, and we're right in step with the God of this world, with Satan the devil. And whether you're actively engaged in so many of these unlawful and, and evil acts, as it's listed off there at the end of Romans 1, or, or you just approve of it, you agree with it, I love to watch it, I love to consume it, I'm a big fan of the music, eh, it's just harmless music, why are you so critical? Boy, the things that our culture, popular culture, so-called popular culture, uh, music, movies, television, the lifestyles that are being promoted, God says, don't conform to this world or its ways. Come out of it. Come out of her, my people, and I will be a father to you. That's what it says at the end of 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3. It says, for I say, through the grace given unto me, this is still in Romans 12, that I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he should, or more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, think soberly. Clothe yourself. Well, God actually has to clothe us in this. But we we need to be clothed in humility and meekness, seeking God and His fruits, the fruits of His Spirit, the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, and then looking to the Bible constantly as our guide, looking to the Bible for, for guidance. Notice what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 21. It says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. See, prove it all, and then make sure you hold on to it. Make sure you hold fast. I mean, how important is it to... In our spiritual walk, how important is it to receive instructions and direction straight from God? The, in, the inspired Word of God, the Holy Bible. There's so much in there. We went through Romans uh, 12 and 13, as I said, recently in class. And, and Paul, I mean, we just read verse 1 about being a living sacrifice, but the rest of the chapter really is about how you go about doing that with God's help with God's guidance, with God's direction. Prove the truth. Do it like the Bereans did in Acts 17. Prove what's true and right. Focus on those things. Philippians 4 and verse 8. I mean, just think about that verse. I don't have it completely memorized, but it's the one where Paul says, you know, whatsoever things are lovely and pure and just and true. Think on those things. And then you contrast it with what so many young people are filling their minds with. As I say, the, the, the crowd just wildly cheering for Satan worship, for worshiping the God of this world. It really is a sickness that's on full display, as I said. And it's so sad to see the lives of young people just being destroyed, to see people wandering aimlessly on the streets of America, shooting up drugs with fentanyl, and just collapsing on the streets. Others collapsing because of other drugs. Brought to you by Pfizer. What a, what a combination. 
this, this transgender singing about worshiping Satan, and then within seconds, you've got the, the ad from Pfizer. Pfizer sponsors that. They sponsor it. And like the Chinese, they've paid off quite a few other powerful people as well. And so nobody will confront them. Instead, in the case of China, we've got to have bilateral talks. We want to be partners with this country, with this nation that is attacking the United States. And so overtly, they're not even trying to conceal it. I mean, look at the, the Grammys. It's so, it's, there's nothing subtle about it at all. It's just right out there in the open. It's just right in your face. You contrast it with the pure word of God. This is what we need to really be immersed into. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. There's so much benefit from it. I mean, do we approach, do we approach our Bible study with a 2 Timothy 3.16 mentality? Look, what I'm about to dig into here, it's inspired by God. It's given for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and I need that. It says in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, that the man of God may be perfect, to make the man of God proficient, Moffat says, and to equip him for good work of every kind. See, the Bible equips us with the, the marching orders, the, the instructions, the, the how-to of it all. It shows us the way. I mean, that's, and, you know, you talk about the profit that there is in that. I mean, it ends in perfection. Matthew 5, 48. We look to Christ as that perfect standard. Ephesians 4. That's what we've got to be locked into so that we're not just tossed to and fro to every wind of doctrine. Just backing up to verse 14. Paul says to Timothy, But continue you in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from a child, Timothy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I mean, you've been studying these scriptures since you were a little child, Timothy. Hang on to them. Stay grounded in them. Stay grounded in this, this precious truth. Notice Ephesians 5 and verse 17. It says there, this is from Paul's letter to Ephesus, it says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the eternal is. You see, God wants us to understand his will. And, and this is why he commands us to study his word. Romans 10 talks about our faith needing to be educated. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see how crucial studying God's Word is to our overall growth and development. It's like the spiritual mirror, as James 1 says. We can hold it up and actually see the blemishes that need to be cleaned up, but that's the thing. We've got to act on it and make sure that we clean up. And don't just look at our spiritual face in the mirror and, and accept the fact that we're going to have all these flaws, that we're going to have all this dirt and grime. God wants us to clean up our lives. God wants us to be purified. God wants us to come out of this world. And it's, I mean, that's a challenge. 
when you look at this world, when you look at what we're surrounded with, it's so easy. It's so easy. Like Romans 12 and verse 2 says, you, it's just easy to be conformed to it. It's easy to just go along with it. It's easy to just assume that, well, you know, I, I don't really actively participate in it, but, you know, I do like to, you know, kind of go along. And I certainly don't want to be accused of, you know, being a bigot or whatever they call you these days. If you just try to uphold God's standard of morality. There's so much hatred and contempt for the word of God in this world today. You even bring up the subject. I mean, it's worse than the passive hostility that Mr. Armstrong talked about in Mystery of the Ages. Like I said, so much of it now is just overt, in-your-face, gangsterism, intimidation. As I say, Satan's just removed the mask. And now it's just full-on Satan worship. He loves that. He loves it when entire crowds of people really get into the spirit of that sort of thing. We've got our work cut out for us to get, to get out of that, to come out of that. Romans 10 and verse 16, it says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? This is that passage that talks about how our faith needs to be educated. Here it leads in with, you know, look, we've got to obey the gospel. We've got to obey the, the truth. It says that in 1 Peter 1 verse 22. Romans 1 says we've got to obey the faith. And uh, here in Romans 8, or just a little earlier over in Romans 8, it says to obey the Spirit. But I mentioned in class this morning as we were going through Romans 13 how important it is just to obey or submit to the higher laws of, of uh, this nation even. The authorities in this world, and you know, it's, sometimes it's not as easy to do that when you see so much corruption, but still... I mean, it just highlights how a basic theme of the Bible is submission and obedience. And okay, if, if the laws of this land require you to break the laws of God, you obey God's laws always. And if you have to, submit to the penalties that this land or this nation or whatever nation would impose. But we're here to obey God and to, to grow in faith. Verse 17 says, so, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't increase your faith if you hold fast, if you prove everything, prove the Bible true, and then hold on to it and use it in your day-to-day living. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at td at thetrumpet.com. We thank you for joining us on today's program, and we'll see you tomorrow.